Uh, let's turn to Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. We're talking this morning about realities of power. We've been talking about boldness. We've been talking about confidence. And uh, we've been talking about we need to be courageous. And so I just want to read you, uh, we, if you've been here on Wednesday nights too, you've been hearing some of these scriptures. But basically, uh, there's this guy that gets healed. And uh, they arrested Peter and John because the powers that be didn't like the fact that uh, they got healed. And the reason they didn't like the fact that they got healed is because it affected their power, their control. It was, it was you know, edging in on their power and control. So they arrest Peter and uh, John, and they basically tell them, uh, you know, hey, stop doing this. But it's interesting, verse 13, it says, Now... As they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. In other words, they looked at Peter and John they went, they don't have education, they don't have training. And yet they were amazed by their confidence, they were amazed by their boldness. And they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Man, if, if there's ever anything in my life that I would desire for somebody to look at me and say is to see the confidence and boldness in a loving way that comes across and people say, man, he knew Jesus. You know? And how about you? Would you like to have it so that, so that people look at your life and go, man, he's, he's been hanging out with Jesus. She's been hanging out with Jesus. That's, that's the kind of fruit we want. That's the, that's the kind of stuff... That's the kind of stuff the world needs to see. They need to see people that are walking with the Lord so strong and so confident, confidently that what they walk away saying is, man, they've been hanging out with Jesus. Because a person that's been hanging out with Jesus is going to have some fruit like they did. There's going to be people whose needs are being met. You know, one of the scriptures that you know, keeps running over in my heart is, the greatest of all is the servant of all. You know, is we need to be a servant. How are you going to be, let's say that Miss Dixie has a need, and but how am I going to serve her if I'm not walking in the power and the confidence and the boldness in the things of God to actually pray and see something happen? So if I'm going to be the best servant that I can be, then that means i got to step up my game. And that means I need to step into the things of God, the realities of God's power. And so, but I've got to be bold about it. I can't, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in services and I see somebody that has a need and I'm thinking, man, if I pray, they might not get healed. I can't tell you how many times I've thought that, right? But what we've got to do is say, it's not me doing the healing, it's God. And be bold to step into that and say, hey, God's going to do it. It's who he is. It's his character. It's his nature. He's going to provide for you. You know, during that, during that uh, time with y'all, I told you, listen, hear from the Lord. Be obedient. God will come through. And he's doing exactly that. But see, I could have not said that boldly. And they were very willing and ready to hear that anyway. But, but I could have been like, yeah, well, you know, do what you got to do. If you need to push back the date, push it back. 
But that's not trusting in God. That's not trusting God. I trust that God, I boldly trust, and we should be a people that boldly trust that God is my very present help in time of need. That God does want relationship. That God does have something for each and every one of us, and we need to have the boldness to step out into that and say, yeah, God will show up. You just trust Him, God will show up. And this is a boldness. So they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. But then in verse 18, this is not on your notes, but in verse 18 it says, And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Well, that didn't work. Verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And then they threatened them further. The reason I wanted to read that is so many times in our lives, like in that situation uh, with y'all and the jobs, you, you know that the right thing is to go after God, seek Him, hear from Him, and then be obedient. But then it's like your flesh and the logic goes, uh, but I can't, I, I, I don't know if we can do that. You know, the realities of worldly logic start to come in. And you don't know how all these pieces are going to fit together. You don't know if it's actually going to work out or not by, by logic standards. And so what happens is, all of a sudden, the pressure of the world, the pressure of the logic, the pressure of the facts comes on. Or maybe it's the person in the cubicle next to you, and it's like, I don't, I, I know that we're going, I know that we're going to Star Wars, but I, what are they going to think of me? They might say no. And the pressure comes in. And at some time, you've got to decide, am I living for Jesus or am I not? Am I going after God or am I not? Am I going to be bold and courageous or am I going to let the world push me around the child of God for the rest of my life? And it's not a good place to be. It really stinks. But man, the world will do it. And then look at these guys. I mean, they're standing in front of the rulers. That'd be like us going up to the courthouse and the judge saying, Hey, don't you go do this anymore. And they stood up and said, you know, what do you want me to do? Listen to you or listen to God? And see, we've got to get that set in our mind and in our heart and have a mindset that, look, when I see something that is of God, I'm going after it. And I'm going to do it. There's no question. There's, there's no backing down from it. I'm going to have the boldness of God to go after Him. I'll make decisions for Him and I will carry those out. I'm not leaving myself any options to do anything but be bold and courageous for God from here on out. I'm not leaving any option for it. Then you go down in verse 29, they finished it up like this. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants. You see, they're recognizing that us continuing in your word is the best thing that we can do as a servant of God, that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, with all boldness. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name 
of your holy servant Jesus. See, it's saying, Lord, we'll be bold. Now you back it up with power. And it's recognizing that this is what God wants to do. This is what God has been longing to do for all time. He's been waiting for somebody in 2 Chronicles that says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for someone whose heart is perfect towards him that he might show himself strong on their behalf. So we've got to understand that God's just looking. You know, we're looking to God going, when are you going to do something? When are you going to do something? But the reality is God's looking for somebody who will be bold and be strong and be courageous. And when he finds that person that says, I'm not backing down, I'm not leaving options, he said, now I can show myself strong on that person. I can show up in their life and give them way more than what they were expecting. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? You know, he told, he told Joshua, be strong and courageous at least three times here. Why was he telling them to be strong and courageous? He wanted them to be strong and courageous. He was going to face something that was going to cause him to question that. He was going to, you realize, he was going to face something that would cause him normally, naturally, without God, to get weak in the knees. And he was saying, but when you hit that moment, Joshua, be strong. Be courageous. Be bold, is what he was saying. Don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And he's with you as well. Don't let the world and don't let anything back you down from the Word of God, Amen. from His promise to you. Don't let anything. So many times there are realities of God's power that He wants to get into our lives and around us, but we don't see them because we back down from the things that God has for us. We back off of that. Logic hits us. We don't know all the answers to all the questions. We don't have all that stuff worked out. Bad stuff could happen and then the devil just throws all the bad that could happen and all of a sudden we back off of what God's been calling us to do the whole time. Because we're thinking about the what ifs and not being strong and bold and confident. I want to show you a reality of power as, something, as, as we move into being a servant of God and then we're strong in that and we're bold in serving and we're bold in believing God, there's, a, there's some things that can happen in our life that will completely change our lives. Look at Acts chapter 6 and you can go through here and read this, uh, verse 1 through 7, Acts chapter 6, but I'll tell you what's going on. The church... It's starting to grow. Well, all of a sudden right now, uh, there, there's a bunch of growth. There's a bunch of new people that's not used to each other. Guess what happens? They start arguing. You know, they start having some problems. Y'all have never seen that happen, right? Yeah. No, no, uh-uh. It's like I, 
sometimes you'll have a group of people and they all, they're all used to hanging out. They know, uh, all right, this person's that way, that person's this way, and everybody's like they know how to keep their space at the right distance. But you throw a whole handful of new people in on top of that, and oh, man, you know. And, and, and they're new to love, you know. They're new to the love of Christ coming through them, so they had not figured it all out, and there's an argument that comes up. And they're like, well, they're not treating us good enough, and blah, 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 blah. And so anyway, now the apostles are faced with something. Do we stop what we're called to do to go handle this, or do we use the wisdom of God, and do we choose some men to do this? They're full of the Holy Spirit. And you know what they're talking about doing? Serving tables. It's funny to me that they, they're like, man, they're going to go and serve tables. And they say, find some men full of the Holy Ghost to serve tables. I mean, I'm thinking, you, you know, is being filled with the Holy Ghost a requirement to serve tables? That seems, you know, it's very interesting that they do that. And this is one of the reasons why in our leadership in the church, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then you can't be on the leadership. Why? Because if they required, the apostles required them to be filled with the Holy Ghost to serve tables, there's something there they know that maybe we don't. There's a power because I can tell you when you start serving God, you need the empowerment of God and that comes only one way and that's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So here comes Philip. Philip is one of the ones that they picked to serve tables. Now, I want you to watch. What does he start out doing? Serving tables, washing tables, you know, giving out food, stuff like this. But just flip over a couple of chapters in chapter 8 and verse 5, and let me read this to you. Here's Philip who started out serving tables. But do you think that Philip might have been like, well, I'm bigger than serving tables. I'm, they can find somebody else to serve tables. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Philip. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to write about me in his Bible before long. Y'all watch and see. You know, it just, you know, he could have, could he have had an attitude? Y'all, have y'all ever known somebody like that? If it's you, just, you know, don't, don't, don't raise your hand. Don't look up. But I, you know, well, I don't feel like, I don't feel like serving tables. But see, the greatest of all is a servant. And let me show you, this is not, a lot of times, you know, I think that we find ourselves sitting in the pew. A lot of times we find ourselves sitting in the seat and we're like, well, I can't ever be, I can't ever be something great for God. Not true. Not true at all. Philip was sitting there serving tables. And then all of a sudden, Two chapters later, let's check in on them. Two chapters later, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in the city. Now, I want you to get that. You know, we just kind of read over that real fast, but 
That would be like everybody in the city of Albemarle getting on Facebook and praising God and rejoicing for all the people that just came free. For there being a stir and a buzz happening and it just came from one person who decided to be a servant but God was able to release a power so strong that it caused the city to stir up in rejoicing. Would you say that this, how many people have ever seen that happen? That's what I thought. Me either. And yet we'll just read over these scriptures and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, we just read over and we expect it to be like that because, you know, it's the Bible, you know, and they got big stories in there and it inspires us. But what's it inspiring us to? See, it's inspiring us to walk out a reality of God's power. It's inspiring us to walk out something that God calls normal. It's inspiring. Here's this guy. This is not one of the 12 apostles. This is not a direct disciple of Jesus. This is Philip who was serving tables. But he chose to allow himself to be used and to be bold and to be courageous. And now a whole city is rejoicing because of these things. Now it goes even further. If you look here it says, Verse 9, now there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, all the people around there, from the smallest to the greatest, were giving attention to him, to Simon, saying, this man, Simon, is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. So in other words, this guy was known. And people were sitting there going, wow, this guy's something. I mean, all of the people were calling this sorcerer, this magician, this is the great power of God. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them to Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now we know if you keep reading, that was a wrong thing for him to ask. But I want, this is what I want to focus on, not just what he asked that was wrong. I want to focus on what caused him to do that. Because look at this. Here's this man who's living 
was astonishing people with his power. So much so that he was called the great power of God in that area. This man was called the great power of God. His business was to astonish people and to do his magic arts. That was his business. And at some point, it says that he, even Simon, it didn't say Simon was impressed. It said Simon believed. That means that Simon had to take what he had been doing and push it to the side and grab a hold of something else. Simon became a believer. In other words, think about this, everything that he was doing that everybody said, this is the great power of God, it paled in comparison to what Philip was doing. There was a reality of God's power coming through a normal guy that had just decided to be a servant, filled a servant of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit. He goes in, starts telling people about the good news of God, expecting God to back him up. And when he starts praying over people, so much power is released that Simon, who's used to showing other people the power of God, quote-unquote, he's used to that, that he says... Man, there's something greater than what I'm doing. Man, there's something that blows what I'm doing away. And then he goes on to say, when they see that the source of that power is the Holy Spirit, when they're laying hands on them through the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden Simon goes, let me pay you. Let me pay you. Do you realize what this would take? Think about this. Think about it this way. Let's just think about somebody maybe in your city that is a very strong businessman. I mean, one of the wealthiest businessmen men in your area, right? Let's say uh, it could be all kinds of th anything. Somebody that, that they are you know, just multi-millionaire, they always make stuff. It was a successful businessman. Simon, in this way, is like that man. And in this way, here's what's happening. That he's saying, I give up my business. When he believed God, he said, everything that has made me money, I'm putting that to the side to believe on Jesus. That had to be some kind of power. I mean, we, we read over it and, and we are like, well, yeah, somebody got healed and stuff like that. But you're talking about, do you know what kind of humility it takes? What would it take for the businessman that you know of in the city today for them to give up their business? What kind of, what kind of change in their mindset would it take for them to say, I'm not the greatest guy anymore. I'm, I got to get, I got to go after what these guys are doing. I mean, anybody you know just walks in that kind of humility, especially one that doesn't know Christ? I don't, I don't see that happening. There had to be some uh, kind of reality of the power that was being released by the Holy Spirit through Philip that just blew this thing away. So much so that Simon was saying, whatever I have to do to get a hold of that, I want it. There is a reality of the power of God 
that I think we are completely unfamiliar with. And it doesn't just have to happen through a pastor or an apostle or an evangelist or, or, or you know, a teacher. It doesn't just have to happen that way. It can happen through a believer that decides to be a servant in the bold confidence and the courageousness as they go after God. There's a reality. What I'm trying to tell you today is that every one of us here, I believe, can walk in this power that Philip was releasing in that city. So much so that it calls the top businessmen men, to give up their business and move into the things of God. There's a reality of God's power. That's beyond that. See, a lot of times I think that we find, I was telling Nicole this uh, earlier this week, I think a lot of times we don't press into the things of God because we think that we've seen all that He has to offer. We haven't spent enough time pondering stories like that and seeing where God was released in such a reality that a man had to give up his whole lifestyle because everything he was doing just got blown away by the power of God. See, when we start seeing that kind of stuff, all of a sudden it's like, really? There's that kind of power in here? There's a reality of God that's that strong? And all of a sudden we start going, maybe there's some more in here that I need to grab a hold of. Maybe there's some more stuff. Maybe there's some depths of God that we haven't plumbed yet. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some strength of God that we just hadn't moved into yet. And all of a sudden, a humble servant with boldness will get into the Word of God and he will start to become illuminated and enlightened on the reality that God has. And that person will cease to be just your normal, everyday human. And they will start to be the child of God. Where Jesus said, hey, you'll do these works and greater. And greater. And greater. 